This Advent season, we are on in the theme of God with us. And like I mentioned before, I think this is a, a time that uh, we need to be reminded of that, <laughs> that God is with us. And the purpose, again, is to remind each one of us that no matter what we go through, no matter what life throws at us, we have God with us, Emmanuel. And so no matter what 2020 has thrown our way, uh, we can trust that God is bigger and better than any of that, and he will provide for us. And uh, it might not be in our timing, it might not be what we thought would happen, but we know we can trust God through all of this. In the Sundays to come, we will see how this plays out, as on uh, December 13th, we'll look at how God draws and calls all people to himself. We'll look at a, a, a prophecy found in Isaiah and how it fits together with the story of the three kings in Matthew chapter 2. And then on December 20th, of course, we're just going to be all online there, so no in-person uh, time there. Of course, I'll be up in Washington doing a wedding. And uh, <clears throat> we'll, uh, we'll also have during that time, not just the message, but we'll also have uh, little excerpts of uh, people being interviewed and different songs, so it's all going to come together, hopefully be a wonderful uh, gift of Christmas to everyone. But on the 20th, uh, we will look at, in the message, look at how God is, is present in the world and in our lives and redeeming his people and his creation. And we'll look at King Ahaz and Isaiah and, of course, the birth of Jesus in the Gospels of Matthew and Luke. Today, today we're going to see how God's people must be ready to be on the move for him. A continuous storyline, if you look at the Bible, a continuous storyline of the Bible can be found where those who experienced God in a mighty way were those who were willing to take steps in him, to seek him, to take a risk for him, to go where he commanded. And, uh, to, uh, and, and we see that, that thread throughout Scripture. And you probably have different biblical characters that come to mind about that, how they put their trust in God, they're on the move for him, and they were used by God in a mighty way. You recall our church's mission. We are a people that are committed to following Jesus, a people who are committed to following Jesus. That's our mission for our church. And so today, I trust that we will discover that followers of Jesus are on the move with Jesus. So if we are a people committed to following Jesus, we should be a people who are committed to be on the move for Jesus as well. Uh, life with God is dynamic, and that's what we're going to be looking at today. And I can't help but think about Sam Francis's favorite childhood movie uh, when I think about being on the move, Madagascar. And I remember during the times when he was a, a little guy, <clears throat> he would love a couple songs in there, and he'd start singing or dancing to it. And one of them is, uh, uh, if you've ever seen Madagascar, it's the King Julian and he, he leads his group of whatever, what are those animals called? Lemurs or something? I don't know. They're weird looking things. Anyway, they're all jumping around and chanting. Uh, we like to move it, move it, move it. Anyway, yeah, it's probably going to stick in your mind for a while now. <clears throat> but if you haven't seen that movie, I, it's a funny one. It's, a, it, you, it, it's safe. <laughs> so you can watch that one. But, but anyway, we need to be on the move for Jesus. Now in Exodus, we're going to be looking at Exodus chapter 40. Uh, as well as Luke chapter 2, but in Exodus chapter 40, verses 34 through 38, we're going to see 
that ancient Israel uh, will illustrate the, the idea that God, who is missional, expects his people to be on the move with him. And then over in Luke chapter 2, we'll also see this, verses 8 through 16, or excuse me, 18, the shepherds will look at them and how they responded to the, uh, the announcement by the angels um, making a move for, uh, for God. They, they sought the Christ child, they experienced him, and then they told others, demonstrating that God's people are to be on the move for God. They like to move it, move it as well. So King Julian, you'll remember that. But uh, anyway, we can approach life in a couple of ways. We can approach life in a static way or a dynamic way. And uh, the static way, this approach, you see life as happening to you, and your response is just to sit there and let it happen. You're just, you're, you're static. You're not doing anything about it. Uh, an example of this, of, of a static person, maybe it's someone who didn't do anything in these last 10 months of COVID-19. And they sat at home, they did nothing, they didn't go anywhere, they didn't do anything, they just waited it out. More restrictions? No problem. Sticking around, I'm not going anywhere, I'm not going to do anything. That would be a static approach. Another approach is to understand that life is dynamic. Now, something you're called to interact with and affect in the power of the Holy Spirit. So we allow God to use us in uh, affecting other people's lives. An example of a dynamic person is someone who did what they could with what they had in these last 10 months of COVID-19. Yes, maybe they stayed at home, but within those boundaries, they did what they could with what they had. Whether, uh, you know, again, staying at home or getting out and about. Doing what you can with what you have, working within the given boundaries. A dynamic response. Now, God calls his people to be on the move in him. And you're called to be a catalyst that affects your world because Jesus lives in you. Life in God is dynamic. Followers of Jesus are on the move with Jesus. Now, last Sunday, in Genesis chapter 2, uh, we learned that God dwelled with Adam and Eve in the garden, but then, of course, sin separated us from his presence. Now, in Exodus chapter 40, we see that he is making his home with his people again. He dwells with Israel through, the, through that mobile tabernacle. And as they move from place to place, following his lead, humanity can once again experience the joy of God with us, Emmanuel. But we serve a God who is on the move, and he invites us to join him. And he is constantly expanding the reach of his message and leading his messengers into new places and to new people. Followers of Jesus are on the move with Jesus. So we're going to look at this here and uh, and see, first of all, that God is on the move. God is on the move. Scripture teaches us that God is unchanging in his nature. He is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And I'm so thankful for that promise, especially during these past 10 months, having COVID-19, the governor's restrictions, riots and protests, wildfires, political unrest, all of these things that seem very chaotic, seem out of control, but the God who never changes, the God who's consistent, the God who is, is able to be trusted and doesn't change from yesterday to today and, and, and tomorrow, he is a God that we can cling to during those times. 
But just because his character is consistent doesn't mean he is stagnant. He's the same yesterday, today, tomorrow, but that doesn't mean he's stagnant. God is alive and in motion, and he's always actively involved in his creation. He's interacting with us and engaging in, in a, uh, with us, and he is, a, he is a God on a mission to redeem the world, and he is always at this work. If you think about uh, how that plays out in Scripture, it's very fascinating from Genesis all the way to Revelation. And uh, there's a video on Facebook I've seen, very interesting. I just came across it, wasn't looking for it. And it's one of those videos that come up every now and then, and I go, wow, that's fascinating. And this video had a real up, uh, close-up shot of uh, a bunch of dice on a, on a platform. And one dice was flipped over. Everything else looked like a pattern, but one dice was flipped over. And so you see a hand come in, and it turns the dice over one, and then the camera then pans out. And as it pans out, those little dots, ones, twos, threes, fours, five, sixes, all in different positions form a portrait of a person. And I was amazed at that. I thought, what was, was this kind of you know, messed with and someone put it? But it was actually all of these dice that formed this portrait. Very interesting. And I, so as you got further away from this picture, it, you were able to see that portrait. You were able to see the, the big picture of it all. If we were to step back far enough to see the biblical narrative from a summary point of view, and we get up real close, we read scripture for devotions, we get that, but if you step back from it and get a summary viewpoint of what's going on in God's word, you'll see that how, the, how the many accounts in the Old Testament and in the New Testament show how God is on a mission to redeem the world. We found in Genesis 2 where that kind of, uh, that's where it all kind of began when things went south. And then from there on, God is redeeming the world in, in the way and the plan that he has. God's people are called to a life of being on the move for God. L look with me in, in Exodus chapter 40, verses 34 and 38 through 38. And uh, let me read an account of there in that uh, portion of scripture. It says, Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses could not enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled upon it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. In all the travels of the Israelites, whenever the cloud lifted from above the tabernacle, they would set out. But if the cloud did not lift, they did not set out until the day it lifted. So the cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle by day, and fire was in the cloud by night in the sight of all the house of Israel during all their travels. So the ancient uh, Israelites followed God's leading. Wherever the pillar of cloud went, they followed. God's presence was there, and they were guided and directed by that. The Bible, the Holy Spirit, and the body, the church, equips God's people to be on the move as well. As you read God's word, it, it puts you on the move in, in maybe going to somebody and putting into practice what you've just read. Maybe it was about the Samaritan, the Good Samaritan, and now you feel that you need to look out and see what neighbor you can uh, help and uh, be a blessing to. Maybe uh, as you read other scripture about Philip going uh, out and, and being used by God to bring scripture to that person, you might feel led to go out 
and be used by God to uh, bring the good news to somebody in some way, in some form or fashion. The Bible and the Holy Spirit and the church equips us all to be on the move because God is on the move as well. The other thing about all this is that God is leading the way. (laughs) That's good news. You want to make sure you're following the right person in this. God is leading the way. God wants us to move as well, but he doesn't just tell us where to go. He shows us, just as with his people in the desert, his presence is always leading us forward into our relationship with him. It's a deeper relationship with him. As we go through experiences, as we continue to obey God and what he has for us, then that relationship with him gets deeper as we experience different uh, moments of obedience in situations with him that way. We, may, we, may, we might grow impatient, though, and, and maybe feel like he is slow to reveal the next step. Ever been there? <laughs> we, we want it now. We think, okay, we've been praying about this. We need to hear from you, God. We need an answer. And you're getting a little impatient about it. We want the way mapped out for us so we can have a clear strategy for where we are headed in life. You know, if you had a GPS in your car... <laughs> that uh, operated as God does, <laughs> that would be hard to follow sometimes. I mean, think about it. Each hundred feet, just right, hundred feet revealed as you're driving down the freeway, you're going, oh, what next? What? And you don't know what the next hundred feet might reveal until that comes, and God will reveal it. And, uh, you know, there's no feature to reveal the whole map. You can't see where you're all going. That's disabled. And you also, too, you can't, uh, you can't see the destination. It's not indicated in anywhere there. So you're just following along in this GPS you probably would take that device back and say it's broken. (laughs) But see, God works that way in our lives in that he just reveals what we need, how much we need for every time we take that step forward. It's about faith, folks. It's about faith, stepping out in faith and trusting a God who loves us. I mean, if if you were told um, December 31st of uh, last year what you were going to experience by about this time this year, would you want to just kind of go to sleep for about 12 months? <laughs> you know, think about it. So God reveals just enough for us along the way to lead us as he um, leads us on the move, as he is also on the move as well. God doesn't show us the entire road. He just leads us in the next step. And God will empower his people so that although they are on the move, they are not relying on their own strength. That sometimes happens too. We think, oh, you know what? It's not happening when I want to. I'll just help it along a little bit. And you decide to make some decisions that you think might be right. And then you're leading down a path that you're, you're just totally off base from where God wanted you to be. So we need to be careful in that and not get impatient and, and, and be reminded that he will empower you in those moments every step of the way as you put your trust in him. Remember that. You know, we don't know what 2021 is going to hold. We didn't know what 2020 held, but now we do. So wouldn't it be good to put that into practice as far as trusting God (laughs) and following each step of the way, knowing that he knows what he's doing? So no matter what 2021 has in store for us, we can put our trust in a God who knows what's going on, who knows what's happening, and knows what's best for us. Uh, we need to keep that in mind, especially with this new year coming up. But in the Old Testament, God filled the tabernacle with himself. His glory was there. <clears throat> and the people there 
experience that glory. <clears throat> and then in the New Testament, Jesus was ushered in uh, uh, the New Covenant era. And now the, the whole Holy Spirit empowers people in that realm as well. <clears throat> I'm reminded of the uh, song um, that we've sung here before, Same Power. The same power that rose Jesus from the grave, that, that commands the dead to wake, that moves mountains when he speaks, that can calm a raging sea. That same power lives in us. We have the Holy Spirit. We have a, a guidance. We have someone who can guide us into all truth and help us through situations where we just go, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to think because of all the different things going on around us. We have the power of the Holy Spirit in us leading us, providing for us. So we need to keep that in mind as well. <clears throat> and at, at, at Advent, we anticipate the arrival of Jesus, who will be known for his simple yet compelling call of, come, follow me. And this is at the heart of life with God. This is, this is a continual, progressive journey, and our role is to follow where he leads. That's why we are people committed to following Jesus. And following Jesus, we need to be on the move because God is on the move as well. I'm also reminded of another song, uh, Chris Tomlin. And, and it's also him uh, is like this as well too. But Chris Tomlin has a song that says, I will follow you. So where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. When you move, I'll move. I will follow you. Who you love, I'll love. Who you serve, I'll serve. If this life I lose, I will follow you. And that needs to be our commitment too. People who are committed to following Jesus, no matter what, no matter where, no matter how it goes, we should be committed to following Jesus. Followers of Jesus are on the move with Jesus. So where will it take us? Where will that kind of thought take us? It will take us headlong into a world that needs to experience him and encounter his revolutionary love and his transforming grace. This world, especially these days, needs to hear the hope that God provides. We have that living in us. <laughs> I hope you're not hiding that. <laughs> I trust that you're letting other people, others know about that, especially these days when people are looking for that hope. By following God's presence, we will discover that he is not restricted to one building here at Happy Valley or you know, for one hour on one day of the week. He is out in the world pursuing the lost and embracing the broken. And we need to be right alongside him, being used by him to help bring that hope to people. He's carving out the way. And so what should we do? What are the things we can do in all this? Well, first, first we should have patience to wait. <laughs> That's the first thing we should have. Because if we are ready to go and want to, we'll just be like Peter before acts happened. <laughs> we'll be Peter who wants to do this, do that. You know, God says, you know, you must, you must, I must wash your feet. That must happen. And Peter said, well, just wash my whole body then. You know, he was just all in, all over the place, all over the map. Until, of course, the experience of the Holy Spirit came in acts for him. But too often we're like that. We move ahead before Jesus. We move uh, uh, five steps before God thinking this is the way he's going, right? And we find out differently. <laughs> We need to be patient, have patience to wait. And the second thing we should do is, as God's carving out this way for us, we, should, we need to have courage to move. Now, patience to wait, 
But once we know where to go, we should have the courage to step out and move forward. This involves trust in God. It's a big thing. If you don't trust somebody, you're not going to probably commit yourself to too much with that person. So in trusting God, if you say you do trust God, then you should be willing and have the courage to move out with God and have the belief that he knows what he's doing, even when it doesn't look like it. God knows. He's a God that can be trusted. And then the third thing here, of course, is to follow Emmanuel, God with us. Follow him. Be a person as committed to following Jesus. God is leading the way. Are you following? Are you following? And then finally, not only is God on the move and God is, is uh, um, uh, leading his people on the move as well, but God is sending us out. God is sending us out. God leads us, but also God sends us. And this brings us to Luke chapter 2. And we'll look at the shepherds here real quick, verses 8 through 18. And I'll read that portion of scripture, and you can follow along if you'd like. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 18. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be all, for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. So as his glory uh, is revealed to the shepherds in Luke chapter 2, and they go witness the newborn Messiah uh, with their own eyes, an interesting thing happens during that time. They don't just stay at the manger. They don't just bask in the glory. I mean, have you ever been on a mountaintop experience? Have you ever been spiritually just on a spiritual high? You want to stay there. You don't want to move on somewhere else. You want this experience to last. You want to be like, like Peter when he wanted to set up a camp uh, for Jesus and Moses and Elijah and the, the transfiguration going on. Let's put up some tents here. Let's make this last a little longer. We want to be in that situation. We want to bask in it and stay there. And if I were one of the shepherds, I thought I probably would stay there forever, just looking at the baby and just be amazed and marveling at all that was going on, finally seeing a Savior born to us. Wow. I, would, I wouldn't want to leave. But instead... The shepherd's response is to go and tell everyone about what they have seen and experienced. It wasn't a question. They knew that had to happen. In verse 10, the angels tell them that Jesus' birth is good news for all people. And they seem to believe it, telling any person who would listen. And you can imagine these shepherds moving out and just, hey, did you hear about Jesus? Hey, he's born over here in a manger. Did you know that? Jesus. And so they're just letting everyone know 
as they come upon people. Maybe they practiced with their sheep. I don't know. But they were able to let them, anybody know about uh, who this Jesus is. Shouldn't this be our response too? (laughs) Shouldn't that be our response? Shouldn't our response be a shepherd's response? Transformed by the arrival of the Savior, we, we should spread the good news we have experienced. Christianity has always been marked by an outward trajectory. Believers on the move, taking the gospel to the world. Uh, consider an act where um, the church was doing quite well. And there are a lot of great things going on. Then some things kind of got a little rocky. And then all of a sudden we have Stephen, who of the Lord, he proclaims truth and he gets in trouble for it. And then he's taken and he's stoned um, as they kill him. And then when that happens, the believers scatter in all different places. And that then causes, as you continue on to read in Acts, that causes the spreading of the gospel, the good news. Philip is one of them, as he then was on his way and met that Ethiopian eunuch there. And so all of this happening um, as, as, again, an outward trajectory, believers on the move and, 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 and taking the gospel to the world. Sometimes it does take a little persecution. Sometimes it does take a little um, kick in the pants <laughs> to get moving. You know, the Holy Spirit will do that. He will do that, not only for you individually, for our church corporately as well. A little kick in the pants to move us forward to get the gospel moving out among our community. We can expect that. And God doesn't just invite us to follow, but he commands us to go. And he sends us out with a message and calls us to express it through the authentic lives uh, in showing love and mercy to people around us. Followers of Jesus are on the move with Jesus. Amazing life awaits those who will be on the move for God. The shepherds' lives were forever altered because uh, they acted on the angel's announcement and sought out the Christ child. The shepherds, think of them, who experienced a move of God in their lives, responded by being on the move for God and spreading the good news of the birth of Jesus. And there's a principle that can be found there, a principle that's uh, similar to Newton's uh, First law of motion. That law is an object at rest will remain at rest unless an outside force acts on it. So a, a, an object will stay at rest if nothing else is acting on it, but once an outside force comes and acts upon it, then that will be in motion and it will be moving. Movement causes movement. You will remain at rest in your bed unless an outside force your parents, your, your little child, your adorable pet, whoever, will act upon it, <laughs> come in and move you, waking you up. Movement causes movement. Strike a ball with another ball, uh, you know, like in pool, as a cue ball hits another ball and moves it to the pocket. Movement causes movement. When God bumps into people, they should move. <laughs> They should move as well. God, who is on the move, calls to himself a people who will be on the move for him. God, who is dynamic, calls his people to be dynamic. Followers of Jesus 
are on the move with Jesus. So God was very purposeful in reaching out to lost humanity with his son, Jesus Christ. God made a move towards sinful people. His people are to be very purposeful in reaching out to others far from God. We need to make a move to reach people. God calls you to a life of actively following him. So, So filter all you do with this question. How do I best follow God in this area of my life? How do I best follow God in this area of my life? And we, we, we say that we are a people committed to following Jesus. Well, is that true in all areas of your life? And so the question to ask ourselves is, how do I best follow God in this area of my life? You may be following Jesus in a lot of areas of your life, but could you improve? <laughs> could you do better? Could you follow him more? I trust that we have plenty of improvement to make. But God demonstrated his dynamic ways by sending his son to us while we were yet sinners. And he is a God who is on the move. He is missional, mission-minded. God calls his followers to embrace a lifestyle of being on the move for him. And God calls you as well to be on the move for him. And this being on the move response to God is seen in that Old Testament example of the Israelites following the cloud and the New Testament example of the shepherds uh, as they were seeking out the Christ child and then telling others about him. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, is the ultimate demonstration of a God who made the first move. He reached out to a lost humanity who was very far from him. And God calls you as well to be a follower who has this same kind of heart, reaching out to a lost humanity, letting them know about the good news. As followers of Jesus, we need to be on the move with Jesus. So where does this take us? I would like to uh, conclude our time here with a few questions for you to consider. A few questions for you to consider that might help you in applying all this together. First of all, where do you see God on the move in your community? Where you live, in your neighborhood, where do you see God on the move there? And you might have some neighbors that might be doing some interesting things for for Christmas to try to bring some joy and hope. And maybe you can join in with that and be part of a community where God is on the move. Where can you see his hand at work in your community? And how can you join him in his mission? What is it that you could do joining in him being missional? Where is God leading you to do this? Are, are, you, are you following with courage? And if not, what is holding you back? What's keeping you from doing this? What's keeping you from following Jesus like this? And where is God sending you? Do you, you, do you sense God maybe sending you in some way? How is he prompting you to engage your, your friends or your community or, or uh, your world with the great news? Those you have contact with and influence with, where is God sending you and prompting you to engage? And how can you creatively and intangibly express his message through your life? You know, a lot of times we think we can tell people, yeah, that can happen. But most often we can show people 
And that's what they really take in. If our words match up with what we do. (laughs) Is his message tangibly expressed through your life and creatively expressed? You see, as a follower of Jesus, how are you on the move with Jesus? Life with God is a dynamic life. And if we're followers of Jesus, you better get your tennis shoes on because it's going to be a move that you need to keep following him and be on the move with him. So we do need to move it, move it, move it because God is continuing to move as well. Follow him closely, especially this time of year where we are able to express, again, baby in a manger, born to us, a savior, born to us, God with us, Emmanuel. I trust that you can take these words and and encouragement and exhortation and uh, put it into practice this week, letting others know who this God is and how much he loves them as well. I'm going to ask Annie to come on up. We're going to share one last song. And I trust this can be a wonderful closing song for all of us. Um, a song that should uh, be our praise and our adoration to God as we sing, Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee. A great song that will point us again to who God is and how much we need to praise Him and love Him.